episode of Black Future Doctor, a podcast dedicated to showcasing the experiences of Black doctoral students in the UK. I'm Nina, I'm a psychology PhD student at the University of Bath and I'm your host. And today I have with me Emmanuel Johnson, who is studying for a PhD in education at Coventry University. Hi Emmanuel, it's great to have you with me here today. Hi Nina, I feel delighted to be here and thank you for having me as well. No, that's no problem. All right, so to start us off, I know I've given a little bit of an introduction, but could you tell us a bit about yourself and the subject of your PhD? So my name is Emmanuel, as you've already heard, and I'm from Nigeria. I'm from a small city called Uyo in Akwaibom State, south-south Nigeria. And my PhD is on Nigerian student experience. And um, the key themes I explore are themes relating to identity, belonging, and performance in Nigerian student experience. Brilliant. Okay, and so you've got quite a very specific subject area uh, you're exploring. Yeah. When did you first consider pursuing a PhD and what made you interested in this topic specifically? Okay, so the reason why I decided to do a PhD is quite different to to most of the reasons I hear from fellow PhD students. Mm-hmm. So in my own case, I always wanted to get into a corporate job and work in media production. And I remember being invited to work for a day, actually, at a job I applied for. And at the end of that work day, mm-hmm. I remember feeling a bit alienated. I felt like I wasn't doing what I'm meant to do. And I felt a bit bewildered. And that was very strange for me because I always thought that that job would be it for me. And I thought that that would be, that that that, that was the right job for me. And I reached out to a friend and had a conversation with him. And I decided that I was going to return to academia. So I had just completed my master's and I decided to come back to uni to go for a PhD in order to explore my interests further. And I realized as well that being in in an academic environment seemed to bring out the best in me and it seemed to make me more confident and um, expressive person and somebody who found purpose and joy in what he did. So for me, it was a way of returning to a healthy environment and the environment that I consider to be the best for me and the environment that brought out the best in me. Mm -hmm. Your second question about why I ended up studying such a specific subject. So I actually started off looking at international student experience, not Nigerian. Okay. And I found out that I had to, or it was best rather, that I focus more narrowly because I only have three years to do a PhD and while doing a PhD one has to be very reasonable with the constraints that they have financial constraints and time constraints as well and use the resources that one has to to produce the best work possible so that's just to say that it was better to be narrower mm-hmm. and dedicate the three years that I have all for to 
study a more narrow subject so that I can understand it better. And that's very important for me as a qualitative researcher, of course. Mm-hmm. So a lot to kind of discuss there. So I think first, it's really important to acknowledge that I think from the outside, it may seem like a lot of PhD students kind of, you know, you do your undergraduate, you do your master's, you always know you want to go into a PhD, that's where you go. And I think the reality for quite a lot of us, but it's not really spoken about, is that we don't always plan on doing a PhD. You know, you might want to go into a job, you might want to do something else. And so quite a few of us then decide to return to academia. So I think it's important to highlight it's not necessarily just a Mm. a straight path and you can always return. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also think, you know, it's another good point with PhDs. You know, you do have a limited time, even though three years can seem like ages. It can go by so, so quickly. And like you said, you do qualitative work. So it is really important to, I guess, become an expert in this area. And it's easier when it is quite specific. Yeah. Absolutely. So like you said, you're interested in qualitative methods. Would you be able to explain what you mean by that? Qualitative methods, what I mean by that is the exploration of lived experience and human experience with the intention of understanding that experience and getting a sense of what it feels like to be a particular person immersed in a particular situation or lived experience. So in my case, I started off by choosing to look at artography. And I had to make my move from artography to autoethnography because I realized that my research was deeply personal. So I thought that focusing on autoethnography would be better for me because that way I would be able to bring out the personal roles that I had in the research and my positionality in the research as well would be more obvious and I wouldn't have to hide it. So I decided to settle for autoethnography and Mm -hmm. using that research methodology, that qualitative research methodology enables me understand not only experiences of other Nigerian students but the experiences of myself as a fellow Nigerian student as well Mm -hmm. because although I look at the experiences of Nigerian students in general the fact that I am a Nigerian student influences the research and the output of the research as well so that's something that must be stated and acknowledged rather than what I tried to do at the start of my PhD, which was to keep it private and try to hide it and try to talk about an experience from the perspective of an outsider, knowing that I'm not an outsider. Yeah, I definitely think, at least, I mean, I'm coming from a psychology perspective here, but it sounds quite similar in that, so you have quantitative research, which is dominated by numbers, statistics, and within that, there is this you know, we we shy away from bias. We're really worried about bias and how it will influence the research. Whereas, like you said, qualitative is the opposite. We embrace that subjective experience because it's it's important and you can actually learn a lot more through embracing it. But I'm quite biased towards qualitative research as well. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would say I'm I'm mindful of bias as well because I want to be as um truthful as possible, although I'm aware of the fact that that word truth often comes with 
certain complicated ambiguities in academia. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like I have a responsibility to my audience, to the readers of my work. And because my research is quite creative as well, I'm also making a film with it. Oh, amazing. I feel like I have a responsibility to, thank you, I have a responsibility to the, the viewers of the film to depict what is true. And if I say something, I don't want it to be because I am imposing a view or, so, or saying mm. something that hasn't been tested or gone through some level of critical rigor. So I'm quite mindful of that. Right. Can you tell me a bit more about the film you're making? That sounds really interesting. Thank you. So it's it's a documentary on Nigerian student experience and it's part of my thesis, actually. Mm-hmm. I would say my PhD is split into 40% film and 60% written thesis. So what I try to do with the film is represent everything that I think cannot be expressed merely using words. Yeah. So... This has to do with showing the more emotional side of Nigerian student experience and Nigerian student performance. In my thesis, I talk about what the literature says in regards to Nigerian student experience and international student experience and um, Nigerian identity and belonging as well. But with the film, I try to do more than talking about what the literature is saying, I try to show what international students are feeling, what Nigerian students rather are feeling, and what goes on behind closed doors for us. That sounds brilliant. And I think it's great to see that, because I know you did your undergraduate in media. Yes. It's great to see you're able to incorporate that into your PhD. It doesn't just have to be a thesis. You've got this extra component as well combined I think that's really important like you don't have to just go down one route with a PhD it's much more than that absolutely I mean it it speaks to researcher positionality I guess because it could be that a different qualitative researcher chooses to focus on this same subject but the way each person goes about conducting the research is different Mm -hmm. because they're two different people and they come from different backgrounds and disciplines so I find that allowing your background and position in the world and discipline speak in your research is really helpful and it helps to make your research so much more authentic. Agreed. Right so I know we've spoken a bit about your own lived experience and I know you've mentioned to me before that you prefer to identify as African rather than black. Could you tell me a little bit more about this? (laughs) That's a very exciting question. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that I have been African my whole life but I develop an awareness of my blackness in maybe maybe I could say mm, 2014 or 15. I'm not sure about any particular situation that made me aware of this, but it's something that I find coming up every now and then. And I wouldn't say I have just one experience that makes me 
think about when I became aware of my blackness because these days I feel it I feel it coming up m- much more often but the reason why I relate more strongly with my African identity rather than the black one is because I was born and raised in Nigeria mm-hmm. which means I was born and raised in Africa and I was born and raised in a traditional city a city full of African people. Mm-hmm. I only saw maybe two white people my whole life physically before leaving Nigeria. So for me, I feel like when we talk about blackness, it has to be that whiteness is involved in the conversation as well, because how else does a person become aware of the fact that they are considered to be black in the world that they live in? In the world that I grew up in, there was no need for that. No no one ever thought it was relevant to call another person black because everybody was black. And because everyone was black, we identified more strongly with what was closer to us. And that was African. And from the tribe that I come from, which is the Ibibio tribe, that was also Ibibio. Or should I say more predominantly Ibibio? So blackness was so was so far-fetched for us. And it wasn't until I got to the UK, I became aware of a black identity and started to experience certain realities that black people around the world can attest to. Thank you. That was such a comprehensive explanation for something that's such, I feel like, so difficult to articulate. So thank you. You're welcome. So it sounds like, for me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess what I'm hearing is that, you know, you grew up somewhere where you were who you were. That was that was the culture you were in. That was normality. And then you come to the UK and there's this sense of otherness that perhaps wasn't present before or wasn't as obvious. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree to what you're saying. The normality that you speak about in my context was a group of people who identified with the same tribe, bearing in mind that the city that I come from isn't one that is huge or densely populated. It's a relatively small city and we have um, a culture that I would, I would say is quite, is quite dominant in everyday life for most people in the city. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we are too immersed in that experience to relate with the experience of blackness. Because for us, being black is something that has to do with being Western. Okay. And a Western experience is not is not one that we are quick to understand or identify with because our own reality in Uyo, in Akwaibom, in Nigeria, is quite different. Mm-hmm. So it's not until one leaves that environment and gets to the West, or in my case, you know, gets to the UK, and is now called Nigerian and called African and called Black and looked at in a certain way by people on the streets and in shops, and on university campuses too, 
by security officials and every other passerby that exists in that society. It's not until that experience becomes aware to one that, you know, a person can feel comfortable turning around and saying, okay, I realize it now, I'm black. And I guess this is what it means to be black. Thank you for sharing that with me. It's my pleasure. So you, you mentioned being on campus and I guess the way people react to you, security and people like that. You know, what has your experience been of being an African man um, and studying in the UK through undergrad to PhD? Being an African man in the UK has brought about the need for performance in public spaces for me. So when I arrived in the UK, my accent was quite different. It wasn't as <laughs> it wasn't as um, British sounding as it is now. It was so much more Nigerian, and because of that, I had to deal with the experience of otherness being seen as someone who is different. So in a sense. In most spaces, I seem to be surrounded by people who would look at most other people around and say, okay, I am, or say they are surrounded by the normal people of the society, you know, the, the standard people, the everyday people, mm-hmm. plus the others. And the others would be a couple of Africans or Eastern Europeans or a couple of Chinese students or any other foreign nationality that is present there. And the accent, again, is something that stands out so strongly. And I experienced it in my interactions with British people, both white and black British people, actually, funny enough. Mm -hmm. When I got into conversations with people, I always paid attention to the way that they responded to me. So some people genuinely found my accent and myself fascinating and that was a more positive experience because it's something that I expect from human beings okay. but there were other people who would make fun and laugh at the way I sounded I wouldn't say I I took it to heart I think I just went along with it but it created the need again like I said to perform So a lot of Africans feel the need to have a foreign accent. And that foreign accent is often American because for in the English speaking world, America represents the norm for most people who don't live in the West. Mm -hmm. So when a Nigerian person thinks about how to make their accent sound Western or come across as more normal, it's the American accent they often turn to, even if they live in the UK. And I find that very interesting. But <laughs> in my case, I, I tried to develop what I thought was a London accent in one period of my life. And um, yeah, it didn't work out too well because that's not who I am. But I'm thankful that I grew out of that phase and became comfortable in my African and Nigerian identity. Mm-hmm. And it's brilliant to see, I think. It's really important. And I'm really hoping this conversation is encouraging to other African and 
specifically Nigerian students who may be considering, you know, studying in the UK or already studying in the UK. Yeah, I think it'd be really inspiring. So thank you for sharing. I hope so too. And I've just got one last question. I ask everyone, what is one piece of advice you would give to other African students considering pursuing a PhD? I would say, think about what matters most and with whatever decision you choose to make, I advise that it comes from a position of of importance. And what I mean by that is don't make the decision to study a PhD because of something that I find, I would call in this case, unimportant, something like mm-hmm. peer pressure or the need to be seen as someone more respectable or anything that is external. I would say if you choose to do a PhD, you should choose to do it because you are genuinely passionate about about something within that experience. And that could be a passion for the subject area. It could be a passion for a profession or vocation that you see that PhD helping you achieve or a need to express yourself in a way that you feel the PhD will help you actualize. That's my advice. Brilliant. All right. Well, that's all the questions I've got for you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been wonderful speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it myself. For me, this was one of my most eye-opening interviews. I'm keen to hear what your thoughts are. As someone who is mixed race and has always lived in the UK, my blackness and that sense of otherness has always been present in my life. I'd never considered that in other cultures, being black and everything that comes with it may not be a factor. As usual, please feel free to tag us in any comments on social media using the hashtag BlackFutureDoctor and please leave a review if you have enjoyed my conversation with Emmanuel. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode.